everyone, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. It, I cannot believe it's week 17 of the season already. We have got two weeks of the regular season left. Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Michaela Fagan, hope you've enjoyed your Christmas. And by the time the new year comes around, we will only have one episode of Red Zone left after Sunday night. So it's, um, it's a big time. It's an emotional time. Mark, obviously, welcome in first, mate. Uh, we're, we're getting closer to you getting the first rounds in Arizona in a few weeks' time. Uh, have you prepared your bill accordingly, or how are you feeling? I, I had it sorted until a week ago, and then Christmas came along, and that went out the window. The budget didn't quite stack up how I had planned, so uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll be on the, the waters early on in Arizona, and certain results will need to go our way before we're going to be getting anything stronger than that. Talking about water, it could be like Ibiza where you pay like 19 euro for a bottle of water in a nightclub. I, <laughs> yeah. Michaela, did you have a good Christmas? I, I, know we, I know we were chatting, sort of reviewing the games. Uh, it seems like five minutes ago, but it's, it's crazy how this end to the season's flying in, isn't it? It's just, it's really coming out. It's coming around to the to, to the big moments now and we've got some great matchups this weekend and some even better matchups in week 18. We have a lot of games to look forward to, especially I'm looking forward to the most, the Jaguars and the Titans, to see if the Jaguars can actually pull off that underdog story and get into the playoffs and win the AFC South. Because that'd be incredible from a team who got the first overall pick last year. They had the worst record last year. So this it's really, really exciting times coming up. And I'm sad that the season's going to be over in February. It's not over yet, but yes, we're, we're, we're getting emotional. Uh, before we start this off, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much. And if you're watching, hey, how's the form? Um, just to let people know, as of the time of recording, we are going to welcome Jeff Reinbold from Sky Sports, uh, from Hawaii football, met many other locations, coach for 30-odd years in the NFL, college football, um, Canadian football, I think. Sorry, not the NFL. Sorry, Jeff. But um we're bringing him to Belfast on the 2nd of February. You can check out the link in the bio below if you want to come. At the time of recording, the tickets may be sold out by the time you've listened to this. However, not to worry, we're going to try and get into Dublin as well. That's before Arizona for the Super Bowl. That is 2nd of February. Do hit us up on Twitter at NFL Ireland if we can help. Let's jump into some of the main storylines this week in the NFL. And Mark, this is a story that I did not want to... I didn't think I'd bring it up again this season. I certainly didn't think I'd be talking in this situation, but Tua um, has now has officially suffered his second concussion of the season. Um, I seen the play, actually only seen the play on Tuesday morning, and the Dolphins, you know, it wasn't recognised by the Dolphins, and again, it was frankly poor management and poor medical care from a Dolphins team that frankly should now know better after the Cincinnati. I think it was Cincinnati and Thursday Night Football, from memory. Um, I feel sorry for Tua. In the sense of, you know, realistically, his season is over. If his season isn't over, you know, it's at the time of recording, we're expecting Teddy Bridgewater to play on Sunday, and that, that will be the case. But, you know, when you've got one week left of the season, you have to prioritize this lad's health, surely. And, you know, I guess it goes into a conversation. You, you look at a guy like Andrew Luck that played beaten up for years, and his sudden departure from the league. Would you be surprised if Tua did consider his future? And, I know I'm going into different questions here now. I'll I'll leave it on this. Could we see Tom Brady play in Miami next year? He's got a he's apparently he's got a legal document which states that he must take care of his children for three days of the week. So being in Florida, it might actually help him. It's a very sad situation for Tua. I hadn't really thought about the would he call it a career. It is at the point now where it's a bit 
yeah, definitely unfortunate. You don't want to become, you know, the, the moniker thrown on you that you're prone to hanging things, especially injury. But when it comes to concussions, I know I suffer from migraines and the worst things in the world and the migraines that come along with concussions are brutal. So, you know, he's sitting there and he's going through this. So, I mean, it's up to him. When it comes to the actual sport, I think he's clearly competitive or else he'd be removing himself off the field, right? Because it was, again, it's the problem that we're having with this is that the concussion protocol didn't kick in on time. It was after the game that the news comes out that, uh, you know, he was displaying symptoms. And again, he somehow managed to get back on the field. And that was the problem against the Bengals earlier on this season and why it kicked off. Now, the Dolphins are way cuter with how they're dealing with this this time. Mike McDaniels obviously was... First time around, he said the wrong things in the beginning and he wanted to let it be known that he was on the side of the player. Now he is saying to it, it needs to prioritize his health. It's, you know, that's the kind of statements that he's making. And um, the team as a whole is kind of gone, which it's it's good to see the development. I see from that point of view, I do think when it comes to the NFL PA, they seem to be like the opposition in government where they're supposed to scream from the houses about what's wrong, but they're not actually doing enough in the moment because it's very easy for them to get on their soapbox after something has happened and say, oh, yeah, we need the changes. And look, the changes will come in the offseason. The NFL PA has been great at um, advocating for change. But at the end of the day, they do need to be getting onto the likes of two and say, you need to remove yourself from the game if they really mean business. So as it goes for the Dolphins, obviously still in the playoff one, they go to Teddy Bridgewater, who, who himself was removed with a concussion earlier on the season as well. So it's, it's very difficult for Miami Dolphins, but it is one of those things that becomes a bit bigger in the sport, right? It's like, yeah, to his play, dropped off, etc. Um, when it looked like he, he took that hit, but it's not just the the play it's the, that we're worried about. It obviously is his future. So when you ask there, does he pack it in? I don't think so. I think that he has clearly demonstrated that he's too competitive. He's too young, and probably that comes along with that is being a bit more naive. You don't often see players do what Andrew Luck did, and at least Andrew Luck did it when he's 29 years of age. And obviously to this day, they are writing documentaries, and still people are in disbelief that he did step away. And um, Two has just gotten a taste of what it's like to be liked in the NFL you know obviously he had a couple a tough couple of seasons where people are caught him a bus and would he be able to make that decision of leaving the NFL on his own terms so I don't I don't think he steps away I don't think it's the end of a season either um because obviously he'll be fighting to get back in it did take him a while to clear the concussion protocol the last time around we don't we don't actually really know how bad this one is because he did play on the the remainder of that game the other day but yeah if they're obviously to make the playoffs and that I, I think he finds a way back into the game Michaela, it's it's a very difficult decision for Miami, both short term and long term. Obviously, short term, you got Teddy Bridgewater coming in as a, as as a quarterback, and we've seen that Teddy can be reliable in certain situations. I, as a Broncos fan, know that as much as anybody in this conversation. And um, I, I like Teddy. I wish Teddy all the best, but you know, surely we 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 have to prioritize someone's health now over a potential, as it stands, Kansas City game. And um, as it stands, of course. That could be Kansas City. That could be the Bills, depending on what happens in in this week's action and next week's action. But they're 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 going to face a difficult team. So, for the sake of the safety of the quarterback, would it make sense to at least stand two down for the season and give him the time to at least maybe have a thought about his future? Or what's your thoughts in this situation? I think I think Tua should reasonably consider. Okay, he's two. He's had two concussions in the one season and. The Miami Dolphins were um, slated and deservedly so how they handled um, the first um, the first concussion he got. But when I talk about the NFL with, with some people, they 
don't the first thing they think of is oh I've watched these documentaries or I've listened to these podcasts about the concussions in the NFL and how it was years and years ago before like it was kind of like what's the word like all the before it was brought to light basically about what the players suffered and how they suffered after their careers and obviously there's been steps to to make sure that doesn't happen anymore but it's just it's such an it's such a serious thing that I personally think that Tua shouldn't play for the rest of the season even if the Miami Dolphins were you know 15 and 0 and they hadn't lost the game and he was MVP and stuff like that he kind of has to come out now because like two concussions is a bit much for me personally and I don't I wouldn't blame him if he started questioning whether he should kind of give it up because you know in the end that he got he he got like his dream came true. Like he played in the NFL, he would have got a very high paying contract that would look after him for the rest of his life. So there's no like if you kept him playing in the NFL and he played another two or three years and he didn't live up to his own expectations and then damaged his body or his brain in the process, then like it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth it. He would just tell himself, oh, I should have just stopped. But I like Mark, I don't see him um I don't see him leaving the league um next year. I don't see him retiring, but um I think if he if he was to get a concussion next year, he'd have to seriously seriously consider it because I think three is the main number everyone thinks of for concussions. I think they say if you get three, then you, you have to stop for your own health. I think there's some, and we are in no way medical or, or liability or insurance experts, folks, and we have no affiliation with the NFL. In case anyone is watching, what is thinking, um I think there is some sort of situation, some some sort of issue if he got to like week three or four of the season next year and if he did if he did suffer another concussion i think you know there is some sort of liability in his contract there he is on a base sort of 48 million dollar salary which is considerable but i guess he would be looking at the justin herbert's the patrick mahomes patrick mahomes especially and he'd be trying to get a, a contract as high as that there so it really is one to look at over the next um the next few weeks and months but i know i know we all and there's plenty of dolphins fans in ireland that wish two of the very very best and hopefully the Dolphins make the the right decision, not just for their franchise, but for the man himself. So it's going to be uh, an interesting few weeks. Uh, can Teddy lead the Dolphins far in the playoffs, folks? Yes? No? I'm going to say no. Mark, my friend, you are on mute, and uh, I'm I've, just going to keep I've... it like this now. It's it's been it's been a week a long Christmas, all right. <laughs> but no, I I think like. The run game was established under um, McDaniels. That's why he came in. That's what made them so successful. It was setting up the pass game. So it depends on the matchup that they get. They can still play well. The defense still exists. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill still exists. Tyreek, or sorry, um, Teddy Bridgewater has proved capable, obviously, in the past. I don't think they're a complete write-off. It's not what Dolphins fans would obviously want to be going in with. But like I, I definitely think they're still in play. Like, they're, they're never going to be favoring. We're not going to talk about them beating the Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, you know, no one's predicting that. But can they be fun? Can you see them being the Chargers? You don't even know. They could still end up playing the Patriots or someone of these things along the way. Um, yeah, I, I think they can still win a game with Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting. And Michaela, I guess, you know, when you've got Tyreek Hill for a start, you've got Jalen Waddle. All you got to do is put some sort of serviceable quarterback in there and bingo, you can't cover both at the same time, so... The Dolphins could do a lot worse than Terry Bridgewater. We saw that when he was a backup for the Saints and he had to come in and he won a lot of his games and then he got a contract with with 
was it Denver? Did he go to after the Saints or was it the he, Panthers? He's Denver been so he's he, been everywhere. And, and he thought that he was going to get twenty six million, and then that didn't work out. But I I wish Teddy the very very best. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, they, I, I'm just, they could be going in with a lot like a a worse quarterback. So I I I would support like I don't think just because Ted. Teddy comes in that their playoff hopes will be over I don't think they'd get far with him but they could win a they could probably win a wild card game or something like that he's he's a decent quarterback Uh, the next topic that we're going to look at is the Green Bay Packers now why are we talking about the Packers again I hear half the league ask but because the Packers (laughs) are in a situation where if they win both their games they are in the playoffs the Packers play the Vikings this weekend and then they host the Lions next weekend in no harm to the crack here. I almost want the Packers to win this weekend because you want that week 18 matchup. So I'm just going to put it out there now. The Vikings are a great team, and we're going to talk about them down the stretch here. What they've done with O'Connell this season has been superb. But for me, I want to see Green Bay win this week and take Dan Campbell next week and see what happens. The main problem that I have with Green Bay at the minute, though, uh, Mark, is their offense. You know, they go up against the Dolphins on Christmas Day, an enjoyable game for a neutral. But, you know, they left points out in the field and it just, it wasn't good enough. Now, if you look at the base data, like Rodgers has what, one interception in the game? It, they just couldn't get it done. There was no run game or a very, very limited run game. They were two for five in the red zone. They didn't look comfortable. Two for four in, in go-to-goal situations. Um, and they, there was too much of a reliance placed on Mason Crosby. You are not going to win in this league, certainly in the playoffs with, play like that so I, I can see why Packers fans are concerned you know as it stands if they went in at the, as a seventh seed they would they would at the moment be playing Minnesota who are the second seed Niners are the fourth seed sorry third seed at the moment so it's going to mix and change if you're a Packers fan you clearly have concerns there Mark but you also have concerns about who you could play. Obviously, you play to beat the best, but as it stands at the minute, it looks like you're playing the Vikings or the Niners, and I don't want to be touching the Niners outside of the championship game in a few weeks. Well, look, the one that they could be playing is the Vikings, and that's where this all started week one, right, when the Vikings had an hour beat them on Sunday night football and we were all probably asleep thinking that the Packers were going to win it handy, and why were the schedule makers doing it to us? The Packers go into this game in the weekend three-and-a-half-point favourites. Why would that change if they go and beat them this weekend and you're going into the playoffs and you meet them again? Like, you know, the whole thing is that the Vikings are frauds, right? So when you talk about the Packers fans being concerned, well, they were concerned in week four, five, six when we were pulling the plug on them. And like people were doing podcasts and we probably fell into it ourselves. We're like, There's no way the Packers are going to go out of this. You know, the graphic has been going around by, I think, CBS or Fox, one of these people that they had a 3% um, chance to make the playoffs only three weeks ago. And now it's up to a one in three chance so it's massive what they've been able to do do i faith no i definitely have a lot more faith than i do around now do i have faith in what matt lafleur and aaron Rodgers have proven to us over the last few years yes i think you have to go with what is tried and tested so if they're able to sneak in that's the trope that we go against the likes of the vikings so how is kirk cousins going to play in prime time he's going to play in playoff prime time which is even the, the next step again and when they're playing well on offense i suppose look you have to be worried about the status of Christian Watson if you're a Packers fan. I, I don't know if he's day-to-day or what at the moment. I know it's Wednesday we're recording this and he's not practicing yet. So we know when he emerged, again, he came out of injury. So look, talk about an injury-prone guy. It's definitely Christian Watson. But as soon as he started playing, and look, we talked about him a few weeks ago. I put out the graphic that he had so many touchdowns compared to any of these other guys in the last few weeks. 
And when he's playing as well as he is, that was what the offense was missing. So it's great when that's involved. And then when you flip to the other side of the board, it's like that pass rush is, pass rush is playing a lot better. Um, the defense was kind of like, you know, just playing a bit below. Every player was playing a bit below where they played in 2021, whereas now it seems to be that they're just playing a bit above themselves again. And the Packers' defense is somewhat capable. Like, when you look back through their last few games, like, they have been scoring points. I suppose that's it at the end of the day. Some teams, they may be leaving points out on there, like you're saying they did against the Dolphins. But then they, they, they still won that game um, last week. Like, when I look back to their games, 26 points, 24 points, 28 points. 33 points they scored, 27 points they scored. It's like this offense is scoring once more. And that was the problem at the beginning of the year that they weren't able to come away with wins. So the Packers at the moment, if they, this week, now this seems as a bit of a stretch. It's not completely out of the realm possibility, but if the Lions lost to the Bears, Commanders lost to the Browns, and the Seahawks lost to the Jets, the Packers would be into the number of seven seeds. So it's like they're not a million miles away from this at all. Um, I do think they, I would fancy them against the Packers. I've already picked them, or sorry, against the Vikings this weekend. Um, which, yeah, I suppose makes it interesting for the rest of us, right? Absolutely. And Michaela, I'm, I'm picking the, back, the Packers to beat the Vikings this weekend as well, just for the sheer crack factor in week 18. And Mark's right, we are recording this on the Wednesday. Uh, you know, things happen when we're recording. It looks as if at the time of recording that Derek Carr will be sitting against the Niners uh, to try and fix up some contract situations this weekend as well. So things happen all the time in this league. One thing you can look at with Christian Watson, Michaela, is you know the Packers forgetting about Watson and forgetting about Dobbs as a team they do need to try and find different gear they need to play better but people will I guess some will argue the team were four and eight they now have a chance as they enter the last few weeks of the season and I guess fair play to them I don't think it's fair play I'm actually furious that they're into a playoff contention now I'm kind of like they started I know yeah, I'm saying oh, I yeah, genuinely the think they're, they're a better team than the Giants or Washington football team or Commanders I think Oh. I, th- I think they deserve to be there uh, based on the last month's play more so than Washington. I think Daniel Jones has got a bit better and I was impressed with him last week against Minnesota but I, I just I, I look at that Washington playoff spot at the minute and I think it's a waste. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying but it's just it's a, it's a weird situation. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Washington are, are definitely a waste and I feel like Washington do sneak into the playoffs every year but then again, looking at it, the Packers are always in the playoffs every year as well. Obviously, because they were a top-end team in the NFL. They were one of the best. They were probably the best in the NFC, them and the 49ers, if you're looking at last season, and then obviously the, the Rams as well. But to kind of like, if if it was the Rams in this situation, I, I'd still be furious because I'm like, no, you're a top-end team. You should have been in contention the whole time. And the fact that you've just kind of started sneaking in a little bit now, it's kind of infuriating. I'd rather, I, I want to mix up sometimes. So I want to see it the, to be the Lions. I want it to be the Jaguars, even though they could probably get knocked out in the wild card game. It's still interesting. And it just still shows you that these teams and the draft and like it all works because new teams are getting into the playoffs every year where it's kind of like, for me, I'm, I'm sick of kind of every season, the Aaron Rodgers drama. And I'm sick of the same storyline of, Oh, they don't have receivers. They don't get receivers for them. So when they were playing poorly, I was kind of like, well, it's, it is surprised. Like it was obviously surprising, but it's kind of like, I don't feel bad for them because it's just the same storylines with this team over and over again. No receivers. Aaron Rodgers has thrown a hissy for, for some reason. He's going to get traded to Denver. So like, I was kind of happy that they kind of fell into the background and they weren't talking, weren't being talked about. And then it's also infuriating that Aaron Rodgers is like 
what MVP twice in a row and now he and then everyone was hailing him for like the no interceptions thing and now he's just every time you check his stats or you watch him play a game he throws an interception so <laughs> I was more than happy to not see the Packers in the playoffs this year but if they if they do make it into the into it like fair play they got hot at the right moment I don't think they deserve it um but I'm going with the the Vikings this week when you look at their last year wants to play when you look at their last few games, Michael, like the Packers, when Makeda says that they got out at the right time, look, the opposition hasn't been amazing. The Dolphins, Rams, Bears, Eagles, their last three games, obviously the Eagles are amazing, but they've only conceded six points in the fourth quarter since that Eagles game, which was a 44 to 33 or 40 to, 44 to 33 or something. It was a high scoring game. Like they, they'd put it up to the Eagles. So like when you talk about getting hot, they absolutely did. And, you know, they did get the receiver now, as it turns out, with Christian Watson. So when we all say, oh, we want to see that storyline checked. It has been checked off now. So it's like, we can't really fault them. We we always come back to this these storylines. And sometimes it's true laziness. Sometimes because, you know, the coaching is that good. And the, the coaching got them out of the hole. That's why we're also jealous of, oh, why are those teams always there? Why are the Patriots always there, thereabouts? Why do we put such faith in uh, McVeigh every single year? Why did we put into the playoff talks, Kyle Shannon every single year, even though he hadn't been getting there in his first couple of years with the 49ers? It's because they are that good. And they're proving it again that when, yeah, there's hissy fits and all thrown. They worked through it and they're in with a shout. And in this year where so many teams are all kicking themselves, saying that the playoffs were there for so many teams, it's the Packers that stood up and were counting and said, yeah, actually, we'll take that spot. The Lions were in contention. The Commanders were in contention. The Giants were in contention. But like at the end of the day, the Packers are the ones that are going sorting out business and have given themselves a stretch of two games that will get them into the playoffs. It's as simple as that. You know, It's like we can't be jealous. Every team was allowed to do it. Yeah, I think it's a fair appointment. Like, I mean, I, I take on board with what you have both said there. I I am intrigued by these next two weeks. I think the way that the Packers started the season and went from London to about a month ago was pretty atrocious in some situations. Um, and I think the way that, and pe- you know, people are giving Mac Jones a lot of guff on the field for the way he's going on. Rogers has been very direct at some points in the field as well. So, look, l- let's see what happens. I would definitely like to see the Packers in there as a seventh seed just for, again, the sheer neutral factor and that goes into our next topic because i just don't want to be sitting i'm sorry in january watching carson went i don't have any interest in it like it's not or and to be fair taylor heineke is dead on there mark i have no doubt that the commanders were robbed two weeks ago against the giants they were they should have won that game they, they didn't that didn't happen and that's fair enough the giants won the game and uh, there needs to be a sky judge involved there to try and sort that situation out i've in that situation, which could cost the team its season, I think it's shocking. Um, but they need a spark now. And Ron Rivera has said this week that they need a spark. Do you believe that Carson Wentz, when he plays against what the is it is it the Browns this weekend that he is going to give this team a spark that it needs? Because excuse me, because for me it's just not. I just don't see what he can do. I, I actually, do you know what I'm just going to say? It? The Browns will beat the Commanders this weekend. Like that's like that's the stage I'm at now. You, you've got some players there. Like it's scary Terry for a start, Dotson, but you need to have a more efficient quarterback. It's weird because Heineke is hot and cold as much as Katy Perry. I, I just Carson Wentz is not is not taking this team to the postseason. Or if they get to the postseason based upon the, the run that they've had and they edge out over the next two weeks, they'll go one and done. Please feel free to uh, convince me otherwise. Rant over. It's crazy how similar this conversation is to when we talked Mike White and Zach Wilson only a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? And 
I'm going to be on the same side of the fence there that I am now. The former number two overall pick, I wasn't interested in him. I was, I wanted to go for the guy that is after really earning it, getting to the field somehow, and it's Taylor Heineke. Look, he wasn't finishing drives as of late. The numbers will show they were stalling big time in the red zone. But at the end of the day, the team rallied around him all season and or as soon as he got in there, fans rallied around him. And talk about a storyline we talked about. Like I feel like we're sitting here in the middle of August again talking about what will Carson Wentz bring to this commander's team. Now, at the beginning of the year, what was it? In the first two games, that offense put up 55 points in the next four weeks combined it was like he put up 47 points so maybe they're thinking okay he proved that he can literally be a spark for a couple of weeks and then i don't know maybe heineke comes in in the reds or in the playoffs again like we saw uh when he played brady and almost knocked them off so maybe the hope is that because wentz has been off now with injury that his arm is better that his legs are a bit better i mean his legs aren't going to be better than heineke because the one thing heineke was able to give you was his mobility allowed him to get out of sacks but when it comes to Wentz, he should be a bit stronger. And look, when we break it down, Carson Wentz did come into this offense this year. When he went to Indianapolis, it was obviously familiarity with the coaching staff there. So when he went to Indianapolis, it wasn't so much of a jump to when he had to come into Washington and learn a new offense. Maybe the time off he did study the offensive playbook a bit more and can make more of an impact with it. But when I saw him come in the other day, he was rusty. And it was good to see him shake off the rust as the game went on against the 49ers. But what I paid attention to was the ultra that we probably talked about, you and me, Michael, back week three, week four, of who was his favorite target because he's a real clicky guy and it was Curtis Samuel. So when you look at when he came in, he came in for two drives. And let me pull up the numbers, 12 of 16, 123 yards, six targets to Logan Thomas, three targets to Curtis Samuel. How much does Terry McLaurin get, the playmaker that suddenly came back onto the pitch when Taylor Heineke came on? He only had one target. And that was Carson Wentz's problem, that he isn't getting the ball into the best player's hands. And that's going to frustrate the hell out of Washington fans when, come the fourth quarter game on the line, they start booing and hissing because Terry McLaurin has only received you know the ball for 10 yards in the whole game. That's what I'm worried about with Carson Wentz, that the offense, it's, he's one of the most like dictating quarterbacks that he just cannot spread it around further than certain guys that he likes. I don't know the impact now that John Dotson will have in the game with him back in when they have to work together. So it's like he, he just changes everything that Washington will be doing. And it's like it wasn't all to do with Taylor Heineke. Now I feel like it's all going to be to do with Carson Wentz. So just as they get reinforcements with like the likes of Chase Young coming back and, you know, he had a promising return. It's like I feel like it's all for nothing because I just don't think he can win games with Carson Wentz. Michaela, I'm actually surprised that Chase Young's come back because I thought at this point of the year that he wouldn't. It's funny, like in that sense. Do you think this is a situation where Carson Wentz comes in on Sunday, plays okay for one quarter, starts to struggle in the second, and by midway through the second quarter, there's Booz and Rivera puts Taylor Heineke on? Would that be the most Washington thing ever to happen? Because I just feel like that's going to happen, if not this week, next week. It's like, come on, like. Yeah, it, it it is. I'm honestly so fed up and annoyed of listening to this Washington quarterback carousel. And also the same with the Jets. The Jets is a, is a little bit more interesting because Zach Wilson's just more new. But I don't understand why everybody sees when Taylor Heineke went in. I think we talked about it when he was starting to start when Carson Wentz got injured. And he, I think he had a good couple of games and everyone was like, oh, yeah, like he's going to be, you know, he's great. We love him. And I'm kind of like, he's not 
getting anywhere. Like he'll be gone in a couple of games. They'll bring Carson Wentz back in because Heineke won't be good enough. And then I think it's going to be the same thing for Mike White. Everyone's really excited about Mike White. I think he had that amazing game when Zach Wilson was first out and then he was brutal for the rest of the season but after he had that first good game everyone was like oh yeah like he can he's gonna give Zach Wilson a run run for his money and I'm kind of looking at Mike White and I'm looking at Taylor Heineke and I'm like they're not gonna be the franchise quarterbacks for either of those teams so everyone don't hype it up they're gonna play like one or two good games and then they're just gonna be bad and then they're gonna have to bring in the other quarterback that they have sitting there but Taylor, like, the only guy that I think is going to be good that people didn't expect to be good is Brock Purdy. I think Brock look, Brock has been consistently good for what, however he's played. He's beaten the teams. I think and hope he's going to be the underdog story. But I'm saying now, Taylor Heineke and and Zach White and those guys, they're not. They're, they're just not franchise quarterbacks. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, what happened is Carson Wentz will probably, I don't know if he's going to struggle or he's too inconsistent to say for sure. I just know he's never probably going to be a franchise quarterback again. I know that for certain. Um, so, yeah, they'll probably switch and switch between the two of them for the rest of the season. But then next year, what are they going to do? Like, surely they're, like, they have a lot of talent on defense. They have a, a good, uh, like, they have good talent on offense as well. I really hope they stop wasting their time with these two. Like, I know, in fairness to them, they only brought in Carson Wentz this year to, to try and see if they can get anything out of him. But it looks like they're going to have to go to the drawing board again on quarterback and they'll probably bring in some someone brutal again, like Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield, whoever's there in free agency. Uh, they're just going to be looking for a quarterback. I just love that Michaela called Baker Mayfield brutal. Or that's That's fantastic. Oh my god, yeah, I did. No, he's just inconsistent. So I know he's gonna he's gonna be okay now at LA, and then he's gonna go to the Commanders, and then he's just gonna be really bad, and then he's gonna leave. <laughs> um, it's funny, yeah, because Taylor Heineke was um, on the commercials for next year's season tickets for the Commanders. So that, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, let's let's jump in and talk about the playoffs. So we're gonna give our like the one matchup that we're looking forward to seeing in the playoffs. Uh, Mark, have I got that correct, or have I completely spoofed that? Yeah, I guess it's kind of like using these playoff generators and seeing what it throws up for you. Or that's how I approach the, uh, the, the, the Can game. Can I tell you what game I'm excited for, Mark, just to start oh, off? Oh, yeah. As it stands, the Giants go into San Francisco. The sixth seed Giants go into San <laughs> Francisco. No, no, around. no, that's no, why no, no, no. Oh, ab- absolutely not, myth. Because they've won eight games. This is an eight or nine win team going to San Francisco that have lost both their quarterbacks this season. Hell, they've lost Jimmy. They've lost Trey. No. Uh, no. I want to see Daniel Jones play for his life. I think it'd be a great game because it's just funny. You're starting to see all the conversation about now, oh, Daniel Jones has done enough to stay over here. It's like, lads, when are we going to get over this fallacy? I, as a Broncos fan, have sat for years watching Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, all this you know, mediocrity, at least Trevor Simeon has a ring, to be fair to him. And yes, Daniel Jones has made a significant effort this year to try and show that he is the quarterback. And he's been putting a number of situations over the years where it's been difficult for him to do that. But the reality is you can't just click your fingers and start it together in year five or whatever. It's No, it's not for me, but I, I, I'm very intrigued to see this game because this Giants team should be able to go up against this Giants defense or this Niners defense which is great I want to see Saquon make them sweat well, hypothetically and you know the odds are very much stacked against them but if Brian Dable's built up a team here they need to go in and Wink Martindale needs to find a way to stop Brock Purdy Christian McCaffrey George Kittle Debo Brandon Ayuk so 
I, I very much look forward to it because it's a playoff game. Everyone's watching it. It deserves the attention that it gets and they're there for a reason. So I look forward to it. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, when you say it like that, look, the whole figuring out of the playoffs will be to to beat the 49ers. Look, the Eagles will be red hot favorites in any game that they're in. I, I, I think it'd be a real shame if we don't get the 49ers Eagles in the NFC Championship game because they're far and away the best two teams. And that would be unpredictable. That's going to be a one point spread, especially if Jalen Hurts is obviously injured. Um, when it comes to 49ers, I think it'd be a shame if there to be knocked out i think best case scenario is actually if they end up in the number two seed which i would have them getting into the number two seed especially if the packers are able to knock the vikings off like the 49ers are like tipping at their toes but i think yeah look if you go back to the giants of the first few weeks of the season if we're able to run that thing back yeah great but i think that the nfl has been able to figure out what they're about so that's why they've been struggling in the last few weeks um realistically obviously they're going to be making the playoffs i think the giants vikings game would be the better matchup because it's two teams that look one of them will obviously have to progress and that's going to annoy certain or certain pockets of nfl fans that are saying that they're both frauds so how do they get to get an nfl playoff win behind their belt i don't really care so much for that i think the vikings would be able to come out of it but if i was to put any kind of interest into playoff game i think it's on the fc because the fc strong teams are obviously legitimately stronger but if you had nelly chargers play jacksonville jaguars as the fourth and fifth seed, i think that'd be excellent you know especially with the trevor lawrence justin herbert storyline that would obviously be in it uh justin herbert in the playoffs you know they finally get there it's all down to the coaching that they lost but you know players play in the playoffs and be up to them to figure it out the jags would be obviously coming in very hard and definitely would be able to beat the Chargers. But I, I think that would be super exciting if that one was to come out. And then the Ravens versus the Bills replay of obviously a few years back when we got that seriously poor weather game when the Ravens just completely fell apart. Uh, you know, we figured out that all it was was Lamar had no accuracy and he had to hear about it for a whole off season that they only had a run game and that's all he was worth. So I think in the AFC there's some really bonafide massive matchups. I don't think the NFC touches it, especially in the wildcard round. Um, that those are the ones that I'd be excited for. I think it's Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence specifically playing against one another. You know, the not the future of the NFL, obviously the future. Steely's job could be on the line there, big time. Yeah, 100% if he was to lose that, you know, coming off. Yeah, no, 100%, you're dead right. Steely could, could lose that, but then it's like, the other one be, I guess, the Cedars Bengals in that scenario. But um, yeah, yeah, and also Dallas playing the um the Panthers, who I still have topping that group. Especially this week, we might talk some picks later on, so I'll park it. But yeah, wow, that's my pick, Michaela. It's it's clear that we're gonna have upsets in the playoffs, and I I genuinely mean what I say about that Niners Giants game. If it was to stand, I agree with Mark. You know, it would look maybe more than likely it could be Vikings against the Giants, um. But yeah, there's some really, really good matchups in the AFC as well, potentially. And we're only two weeks away from this madness starting. So uh, I would get caught up in your sleep now. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the the playoff picture now. It, it, as it stands, these would be who everyone would, would be playing. So Herbert and Burrow would be playing each other. The Chargers would be, would be playing the, the Bengals. And I think if that was to stick around, that would probably be the game of the playoffs because we all obviously rate both of those quarterbacks really really highly like Joe Burrow is is still in MVP talks at the moment um Herbert isn't but he's still a great quarterback and we all really like him and he will get an MVP at some point in his career so I would 
personally love to see that match up because it's I think Mark's right is that the uh, the NFC doesn't touch the AFC in terms of teams and matchups because there is some some frauds in the NFC like I I don't think the Giants are frauds I would I like it would be nice if like the seventh seed of say the Jaguars or it'd be really fun if the Jaguars and say the Giants got to the divisional rounds or not even though sorry not the divisional rounds the championship games like that would be like I don't think it's going to happen but it'd be really really surprising and exciting if it did but for me I'd be looking at kind of like yeah Herbert and Burrow matchup I think that would be really fun if it I hope it does happen um that would be my game to watch absolutely and right we've got two more topics that the first one we're going to look at is this whole talk about the MVP race Justin Jefferson came out basically talking to ESPN at the weekend saying as far as he's concerned with the form that he has so far this season he should be considered for it. Mark, I'll add you another name. Bosa. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you want me to talk about it, like, I am definitely one of those people that I don't care that the quarterback wins each year because they are so important. Like, when we talk about games, it's always, yeah, especially in Bosa is an interesting one because you saw what Christian McCaffrey was doing on their offense. Like, they have bonafide studs all over the place. So, yeah, he's been absolutely savage. But, like, Aaron Donald has been, ap- like, people are calling Aaron Donald perhaps the greatest player of all time in the NFL mm. that like that's been the talk this season and he can't win an MVP, you know, like he's been so dominant and dominant as what three in a row now defensive player of the year and he can't win an MVP. So I don't mind at all that the quarterback seems to always win it because at the end of the day, they are the most important player. I, my stance has changed on that in the last few years, but when you see what Jalen hurts, how he's transformed the Eagles this year and then, you know, we'd be, you know, we're saying, how can we start neglecting Patrick Mahomes in the conversation? I know he was always the number two or number one favorite to win it. But when it comes to Justin Jefferson, I suppose uh, RG3 had a tweet out, and I'm after losing now, and my stupidity, I, I closed the tab. But basically saying, like, he's putting up numbers now that should see him win the MVP. But, like, last year we had Cooper Cup win, get the triple crown of receiving touchdowns and um catches right wasn't that the other one that he to make up the triple crown and he doesn't go and win it i can see i you guess this year though you've, you've got the top five haven't you so they're they're gonna announce the top five names i i think he has i i think he's got a serious case for the mvp award this season so i my, genuinely do my other thing is like at the beginning of the season he wasn't scoring touchdowns it was a six game stretch that he won touchdown it was a rushing touchdown in there i think what was it, week three or something so it's like you, you like it's not like he's blowing us away with his touchdown numbers. If I pull it up real fast in front of us, I think like, you know, he, he has the eight touchdowns, but that doesn't top the league or anything. Like the the Vikings are confined to him. Like, don't get me wrong, it's a great offense. He's absolutely the best player on his team. And we're we were in London, we couldn't wait to see him out there. Obviously, Dalvin Cook now obviously opens up with the run game, what they can do. But when you start talking about, oh, he's going to set a new uh, NFL record, it's like, I really think now, since we went away from the 16 to 17 game slate, that we should be talking in terms of yards per game, because then he doesn't have the record. This is the extra game has definitely helped him out in terms of if he does own the NFL record for most receiving yards of all time, it's not on a per game basis, which I do think that that's worth something. Um, and at the end of the day, what, it's an extra 10 yards per game over the number two behind him um, in the NFL right now. So, no, I, like, don't get me wrong. He's a serious player. Like, But if Tyreek Hill is playing for anyone not alongside Jalen Hurts, 
he probably has more yards than Justin Jefferson and he would have the more touchdowns as well. So like I just I just think it's too obvious to give it to yeah, a defensive player or to the MVP or to a quarterback. Mikhail, I'm a big believer in sharing the love and I feel that they should share the love with this award. What's your thoughts? I think it's if you were to think about it now, I think there's the three awards. Obviously, the, the the big three would be defensive player of the year, which is obviously only for defensive players, offensive players of the year, and they should just rename MVP to the quarterback award because it, I I do understand why it's kind of like there there is guys who can show that they're more important than the quarterback, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like the quarterbacks who win the MVPs always have amazing stats. Like when Mahomes had that 50 touchdown season and he, and he got the MVP, it's kind of like the sports, they are the most valuable player in the sport. They, they would be seen as the most, they should be the most valuable player on every team. Now, obviously they're not, I'd say Justin Jefferson is obviously more valuable than Kirk Cousins, but there is already awards for the offensive player. Like the quarterback, the quarterbacks don't win the offensive player of the year award. It always goes to a receiver or a running back. And then obviously the, the defensive players of the year have the, have their awards. So the MVP is just always kind of reserved for a quarterback. And I agree with Mark, his touchdown numbers aren't enough to warrant him an MVP. Like I know he has like nearly 1800 yards and like that's, if he gets 2000, that would be absolutely amazing. But I'm like, okay, if he has 2,000 yards and maybe 20 touchdowns, let's talk about him being an MVP. But eight touchdowns is not enough to warrant an, an MVP um, award. It's going to be probably Burrow. If Burrow like, if Burrow gets is plays still plays red hot and gets really far into the playoffs, he'll it'll be him, it'll be Patrick Mahomes, and it'll be Jalen Hurts. I don't like this. I know I'm biased with Jalen, but I don't like this talk of he's been out one game and people are already forgetting about him. I, I like I don't want them to play injured because I don't, really don't want them to get even more injured and miss more time. But it infuriates me that the guy who's the front runner, because Patrick Mahomes dropped off a little bit, and um, kind of with the interception. So the guy who was the front runner, the front runner, has now kind of be, been forgotten about by everybody because he hasn't been able to play one game, and it's kind of like. I like he's not going to be out as long as Carson Wentz. Remember that season, Carson Wentz had the he should have been the MVP, but then he got injured and was out for the rest of the season. So, no, I I don't think Justin Jefferson is the MVP. It's always going to kind of go to a quarterback. It's just how it is. But at the end of the day, there is awards for wide receivers and and defenders. So it's kind of like everyone. I agree, everyone but I don't award. think he's called the MVP. Yeah, it look. That's fair. Yeah, maybe the best quarterback See, or something like that. It, like it's it's the whole thing that the MVP is the quarterback. Yeah, I I feel like this is the thing that goes on that um I'm not going to say oh we're smarter over in Europe or whatever, but like I would say, Mark, a... 2015, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was a shot of himself in 2015, and that Broncos defense carried that team to a championship. Yeah. I agree with you completely, but there are years where it's but it's every year. Like if it's Justin Jefferson this year, it's Derrick Henry the last number of years. You know, I would feel more hard done by that Derrick Henry didn't get one mm. when he did have the 2,000 yards and every single play was the ball in his hands. And, like, he essentially removed the need for a quarterback in Tennessee because there was everything was going through him. At least Justin Jefferson does rely 
on Kirk Cousins making the throw as well. And like I said, he's averaging 10 yards a game more than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill obviously has Jalen Hurst, but it's like he's getting way more targets as well. Like I know it's 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 when you start getting into the nitty gritty of it, that's why quarterback always wins because their play is always they have to make the play. Whereas mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson depends on if he's getting the ball versus if uh, Tyreek Hill is getting the ball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, one thing I would say as well is kind of put put these two players in front of people and the fan bases. Would you rather have Justin Jefferson on your team or would you rather have Patrick Mahomes on your team? And you're 100% going to pick Patrick Mahomes every time because the quarterback is the most position and it's the hardest position to find a franchise guy at. You can look at other wide receivers that are that are in the league now, like Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Jefferson. There's loads and loads of really, really great quality guys who are probably going to go on and be Hall of Famers but then it's everyone knows it's harder to find a quarterback to lead your team for 10 or 20 years so if it just that's how you kind of end the argument put just would you rather have Justin Jefferson or Patrick Mahomes in your team and everyone will go with Patrick Mahomes no matter who their quarterback was I love recording with you when stuff happens Derek Carr has just been benched for the Raiders we'll talk about that next week We've got our last topic here. Uh, it. Yeah, I don't know go into it. It's more important than uh, Monday Night Football, is it or not? Well, to bring us into Monday Night Football, Monday Night go Football, what are, what are we even talking about it for? It's an absolute out-and-out savage matchup. I don't care who wins. I'm just glad that we're getting it because it's a real playoff game. I can't pick it. it no, neither can Vegas. It's a one-point swing in terms of the Bills. That could be a one-point swing in favor of the Bengals. They're playing lights out. We're going to learn a lot about them. But are we going to learn about, a lot about them? Because... They're obviously both going to the playoffs. How much can they reveal? Like, it's coming down to seeding at the end of the day, but they know between themselves, the Chiefs, yeah, between themselves and the Chiefs and the AFC, it's going to go through them. Um, of course, a home field advantage for the Bills means, like, you know, it's this game is for home field advantage, essentially, when they, when they next meet up or meet up. I don't know, do these games this late in December always live up to the building just because they probably do have to hold a bit back. But at least they're holding it a bit back on their own terms versus Miami not being able to play too, like we were talking about earlier on, you know, that kind of way. So, um, yeah, that, I guess that's my stance. And I just don't know what we're going to going to get out of this game. That's on a Monday. That's on Monday night. And it's, it, it's in Cincinnati as well. I guess the thing that I'll say that we're, that we're going to get out of this game is, as it stands, the Bills have got the number one seed, and the Bills, it, the, the road to the Super Bowl runs through Buffalo, and Buffalo have never won a Super Bowl. Anyone that's actually read into the, the history of this league will know that they're, they've got so close so many times. Jim Kelly, a quarterback, some legendary teams that they've had, but they've got so close. And for me, this is the year that they have to do it because it runs through, as it stands, it runs through Buffalo. I think if they go to Cincinnati on Monday night and win, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. I, I do. I don't think Kansas City can come into Buffalo and beat them. Right, However, if they go to Buffalo, if Buffalo go to Kansas City, I know they beat them in Kansas City. It's a completely different kettle of fish in January when you've pissed off Mahomes, when you've pissed off Juju and Travis Kelsey on that offense. I think this is an absolutely huge game. And that, that's Easily. exactly it, Michael. Like You're dead right when you say it's going to be so different in January by the pure virtue of it being January. Like we saw the Bengals knock off the Chiefs last year, but it's like, was it a crazy game? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what happens in the playoffs. It just like all bets are off. So that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, this might be a bit more um, low pace. Maybe it won't be, but it's like, what would it actually count for? Because when we're talking about the Packers and Vikings game, like the Vikings will win 
the NFC North. They've been crowned already. But if it does end up as the number two seed playing the number seven seed in the playoffs and the Packers go and beat them, it'll only matter about what happens in January. So the same goes for this game, that any of those three teams can beat one another come playoffs. It doesn't necessarily matter where it even is. That's what we're just saying. That Well, obviously to you, if the Chiefs go into Buffalo, they're not winning. Whereas teams, even though it's an absolute fortress in Kansas City, they've been they've like the Bengals showed they can be beaten there. So what does this game actually count for? It's a really exciting Monday night football game. But you know, the the, the playoffs are just gonna get weird anyway. Michaela, I'll I I will ask you this and we'll go into this whole dark car conversation after quickly we'll see the crack. Um who, who wins Monday night because it's the game of the year. In terms of primetime football, I think it's bigger than the Chiefs against the Chargers. I'm trying to think of a bigger game we've had on primetime this year, especially Monday Night Football. Anyway, I wouldn't count Week One, the Super Bowl in Seattle when Russell Wilson played against the Seahawks. Probably the other biggest game. I don't know if it's just because I remember the Cowboys Eagles, but even the Chiefs against the Bills was in the 9:25 slot in CBS. Who's going to win Monday Night? Yeah, Bengals. I, I just I I don't know I'm just getting a good vibe off Joe Burrow and um I don't know I know the Bills have kind of had their rough spot to earlier in the season and they've kind of come out of it but I've kind of they kind of shown that they've be beaten kind of I know the Bengals have as well but I, ju- I just fancy the Bengals more to be honest and I think this is this is going to be the AFC Championship game as well okay. but okay. I'm yeah I'm going Bengals uh, yeah Derek Carr has been benched in Vegas I love when this happens when we record it's lovely we've got an extra section. At the bottom of this week, I don't know how we're going to do it because it's been added to have, it probably isn't there. Um, the most interesting point, Mark, is this. The Raiders signed the guy to a three-year extension, 125.1 million extension in the offseason. But if the team uh, cuts or trades him in the offseason this year, it's a dead cap hit of 5.62 million. He's gone. Surely. Yeah, like, look, the... Why you'd bench him now is to protect him from injury because he, there's a contract, say he was to go out and get injured this week and he can't pass the physical come the third day of the new season, they don't owe him 40 million. So obviously they're protecting themselves against that and it's absolutely a precursor to him being moved on from. I mean, what else can we say? Jared Siddham is the backup. Like they, They've nothing to play for. It's been a horrendous season. It was blamed on Josh McDaniels. Why wouldn't you get rid of Josh McDaniels? Because then the fallout was going to be on Derek Carr. Uh, he got his buddy, Devontae Adams. They, Devontae Adams has a nice season, so it's kind of a bit weird. But like, yeah, there was obviously a massive thing expected from Las Vegas. And when these things don't go out, the owners get a bit annoyed. Uh, it's a shame for Derek Carr because he's the, had the craziest life in... Um, the rate or with the Raiders, he's the most uh, he's the longest tenured quarterback in the AFC, which kind of shows the youth, the injection of youth that has happened a few years ago. And obviously, he's been around for so long, but he has had one fantastic season, and then the rest has been question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, probably at this rate, he probably wants to move on himself, to be perfectly honest. Um, like it'll be tough for him in the beginning, but when Michaela's talking about who could say Washington get next year, it's like. Would you want Derek Carr in your team? I mean, I'm, I don't have to worry about that. The Cardinals fan, I guess. Um, but obviously, he's going to be, you know, seen as a big free agent. If or I don't know how exactly it's going to have to work itself out by a trade or whatever. But it's definitely an interesting one. I thought they were just going to stick with him for the rest of the season. But when you understand the injury guarantees and stuff like that, I guess that's what happens sometimes. Happens with Matt Ryan too, and all. Michaela, it's 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 a really interesting one. You does this save McDaniel's job? 
I mean, it's it's it, it adds. There's so much talk about the, the about the money involved in Vegas and and that the owner's struggling and he can't fire McDaniel's. Tom Brady. I I I think it's I, I think it's oh the God, only spot. No. I don't see how he goes no, to San Fran with, with when you've got Purdy and Trey Lance and potentially Jimmy Garoppolo there. I don't see how he goes to Miami when it currently you've got two of there. I don't see how he goes to Arizona when you got Kyler Murray on a contract there. I don't see how he goes to the Jets when you got I Robert Salah the there, but not Sean Payton. Uh, the Patriots, I don't see how he goes to the Patriots with Bill Belichick there. No. Um, if Brady is smart, which he is, he will stay clear of the Raiders because, I don't get me wrong, I like Vegas. Well, they've only recently moved to Vegas. I like the fan base, but I think the Raiders are very chaotic uh, franchise i don't think they're i don't think they're a bad franchise like say washington but i think they're just a bit chaotic and i think if if money wasn't involved i don't know obviously the owner's financial situation but if money wasn't involved just clean slate get rid of mcdaniels and you know might as well get rid of car i think car probably does want to leave as well um i would kind of be fed up with this kind of oh is he or is he not the quarterback like it's it's kind of annoying because I did think the Raiders were going to have a good season especially after getting Devontae Adams but I think you know if if Carr gets cut or traded or whatever I think you know I think he could be like a Jimmy G you know like Jimmy G seems to come in and he seems to be his biggest thing for me and how he wins games is his leadership and his, ma- his game management abilities so I think Carr could be a similar like a similar guy for another NFL team and I would like him going to possibly the Giants or something like that but yeah I know I think he, he I don't know I just yeah I just if I was Carr I'd want a new start because it's just obviously not working out in in um, Las Vegas firm, so you know, go to another team and actually be. When you talk about the word, what the uh, Raiders will do, I mean, if you're listening to this as a Chicago Bears fan, they hold the number two overall pick at the moment. Obviously, they're sort with their quarterback with Justin Fields. It's been very apparent that the next team, the draft, was going to be the Raiders that are like absolutely going for a quarterback. Now this has been cemented that they're. I, I'd imagine they trade up into that number two spot. But if you're the likes of the Carolina Panthers or something like that, they're going to have to get ahead. So Chicago Bears fans are really licking their chops. Maybe the likes of the Cardinals. I just I think you have to, when you're going for the quarterback, you have to jump as high as you can. Obviously, the Houston Texans hold the number one. They're going to be going for, I don't know, CJ Stroud or whatever. But um, yeah, I think that number two, uh, to get ahead of, I suppose, the Colts are sitting at number five currently. Uh, but you're not going to just trade in like the Cardinals sitting number four. So the uh, the draft talk that we're going to be talking about for months, um, I think that just heated up, right? I think as somebody that works in the league and is, look, I'm very lucky to work on the league on a daily basis. Um, I'm delighted this is happening now because this is all going to be sorted out very quickly in March and I can go and sleep for a month and I'm very excited. However, I'm going to say exclusively here and... Um, on this show and nowhere else, and I'm going to screenshot this at this moment at 7.24 on the 20th of December 2022, Tom Brady will be the QB one of the Raiders next season. I, I, he will. <laughs> I, think if you look at the, I think if you look at the teams that are prepared no, to you... challenge and be in a situation where you can go, like, you know, like I, I can see the Raiders getting into like a wildcard position at the very, very worst next season if they start out certain positions. I think I think Brady in Vegas is a, is is a home run. They wanted him two years ago before he went to Tampa. It's it's widely known of that fact. Um, 
I think we're going to see Tom Brady. But it, are they one year away? Are they a quarterback away? That's the problem with the Raiders because if you go with Tom Brady, you're literally putting the, pushing the quarterback down one more year. Whereas if you just make the trade up now, you know, you're, you still have to go in the building. At least you have the, the contract there because there's no point playing around with a quarterback contract, you know, however they were to sign a Tom Brady. I think, like, they never went full rebuild or they haven't. This wouldn't be a full rebuild. It's just go out and have a quarterback. I'm not sure Devontae Adams' contract. Obviously, he signed a massive one this offseason. Off Did he use his friend as well? Pardon me? Did he use his buddy as well in Vegas? Yeah, well, look, and the Josh Jacobs, like, do, does this throw that into doubt? Like, I thought you have to keep Josh Jacobs after the season that he's had. Maybe they just do decide to blow it up and they, ha- they keep the Devontae Adams around. But... I, I just don't think they can mess around with Tom Brady. A Kyle Shannon offense can play around with Tom Brady, especially if they get to a Super Bowl this year and then they're let down just by the quarterback once more. But I just think that the Raiders, they, they, they have to think about their future. They're not just the quarterback away, you'd imagine, from a Super Bowl. They're not just a Tom Brady away from a Super Bowl. Would you rather win one ring in 15 years with Tom Brady as your quarterback and, and, and or, or win nothing? I don't think they will win it though next year is the problem. You know, that's like if it, if they were that close, they would have pulled it off. Yeah. Not, like they wouldn't have pulled it off, but you know, they would have they should have been more aggressive two years ago. I suppose everyone knew that But we but we we all know regardless of age, if Brady comes in, it changes. It changes the mantra around an organization. It's like if Mbappe walked in the Monday night. And they saved the draft picks. Like, I can see where you're coming from. Is, like, you're, like, I just don't know if they're that close. Like, they, they could on paper. Like, this year, we're so, sorry, Michaela, I want to let you in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just thinking, I'm trying to think. I know the Raiders have a lot of stars as in Devontae Adams and they had Chandler Jones who in fairness hasn't had a good season but it's still he's still a star in the NFL I think he'll probably bounce back next year but is Brady leaving the books and going to the Raiders a better situation with better players I wouldn't say so I think the Buccaneers are just like you'd be like oh yeah he's gone for Devontae Adams but I'm like well he has Mike Evans right there and he has Chris Godwin and he can bring in whoever he kind of wants we all know OBJ wants to play with Tom Brady so like for me, I'm kind of like, no, Brady should stay away from the Raiders. You don't want to do this. If he goes into the Raiders, it's it's not going to win them the Super Bowl. And I think he knows that. I think he knows the Raiders are a, a bit of a chaotic, um, like I said, franchise. So, no, I don't think the Raiders have a better situation. I don't think they have a better head coach than the Buccaneers. So, if I was Brady and you were putting in front of me Buccaneers... Well, I watched that game Raiders on Sunday and, and Jesus Christ, I'll be Buccaneers. sitting someday in my deathbed and I'll be asking for those three hours and 27 minutes back. They don't it's Vegas. They don't have cap space as of right now. I don't know exactly what happens uh, with their car's contract, and I don't know what players they can release. Uh, I, I, you're you're right. The familiarity with McDaniel or with um, McDaniel gets means that Brady gets to call his own shots. Like that's why you know that's why he moved to Tampa Bay because he wanted to be able to call his own shots this year with Tom Todd Bowles um, as head or head coach, and that's why he got rid of Bruce Arians. He wants to call his own shots. That's what would lure him to Las Vegas. You're dead right. Uh, I just don't know is it the smartest thing for I think the opportunity I think at this point when he's won that many rings I think the opportunity to go to Vegas to play in Vegas to play for the iconic franchise the guy from California I think at that stage in his career I, I, I think he may take it yeah I think they're, he, he, they're in play I hope for Raiders I, I, fans, they are I, I, like, and, and we're all not like I mean we, we, we've given different options here and sorry to jump in this conversation but they are 100% in play they will definitely be an option and he will look at the Raiders it's going to be a hell of an off season folks I think we're going to have a few uh how does that? How does that work with the kids? The three day a week with the kids. 
Yeah, you were just saying three day a week. I don't she'll think Giselle will be, be very grand. Sure, the lad, the, the lad retired for four weeks and moved back. Um, sure, look, <laughs> Ronaldo Jr. is in Madrid at the minute, and apparently Cristiano's in Saudi Arabia. Anything can work. I don't know, but that. Uh, before we round up here, um, any picks for the weekends? I, I I'm going to take the Bills beating the Bengals in Cincinnati. I I think that's the game that I'm looking forward to the most and I and I I do think the Packers beat the I think the Packers beat the Vikings. Just realizing now the Packers close out the season with two home games. That's nice. Yeah, nice for them. I think the game I think you're right. I'm going Bengals over Bills, but the other one is the Bucks Panthers game that I wanted to see for a few weeks that they both control their own destiny. Um that happens this week. So that's where and then the Vikings Packers game. Uh, I think that's very exciting as well. The Packers, uh, if they're able to knock off the Vikings, we all love to see the Vikings lose, apparently, at the moment. Michaela, who have you got this week? I'm not loving the schedule. It's I'm almost like you can right just fast forward a week, isn't it? You can just go to week 18 with a lot of these teams. Or really bad teams. Yeah, well, like, they're, they're... Yeah, well, there is... Obviously, I think for some, like if the Lions need to stay in, the Jaguars need to beat the Texans and the Lions need to win and the Panthers all need to win to stay in their playoff hopes. But I'm kind of like, they're not playing fun teams. Like the Panthers are playing the Buccaneers and Michael hates the Buccaneers. Apparently he must must give out about them every week. (laughs) They are really bad in fairness. Um, I'm going to be like really boring and just say, yeah, the only game that stands out is the Bengals and the Bills. Like it's the only really, really, really good matchup. Obviously as a, an Eagles fan, this might actually be an interesting game because if the Eagles beat the Saints, I, they should beat the Saints very easily. If they beat the Saints, they'll secure the number one seed a hundred percent, which means wouldn't they, they'd secure the number one seed if they beat the Saints. Yeah. So if, if they do that, then they can obviously rest Jalen and they can rest AJ Brown and Devante Smith. So yeah, that that'd be interesting just for them to see if they can, you know, tie everything up. But yeah, the the only really really standout fun game of the week is is definitely the Bengals. And we the Bills. saw Steve and Wilkes gonna, when um, he came in with Carolina gave the his t- the Panthers a bump. We saw Jeff Saturday give the Colts a bump. We know that the Broncos ran the Chiefs close in a few weeks back. Michael, can the uh, Broncos pull off with now that Nathaniel Hackett's gone? Uh, go and beat the Chiefs. Indeedy, my friend, indeedy. This has been great crack, and I would envisage anybody that's watching this or listening to this, please check us out on all social media, at NFL Ireland, just search Pro Football Ireland. Jeff Reinbold's coming to Ireland, coming to Belfast, in fact, Belfast, on the 2nd of February, potentially somewhere else as well. Check out profootball.ie for more information on tickets. It may be sold out already. If you're watching the game this weekend, enjoy it. If you're heading out to a game, enjoy it even more. We'll be back uh, Monday morning, bright and early, to recap week 17 to look ahead to a huge week 18. For now, uh, Song of Oil, thanks a million. Hi.